thank God for the closed doors where I not only become more like him, but where he saves and rescues me from God knows what. Even if we think it's good, even if we think it may be for us, it may not always be God. And so I have had to learn that, painfully learn that, and not attach my worth and my identity to the no, because that's why rejection hits so hard, man. We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most confident women that you will ever meet to discover the secret to moving beyond insecurity. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I just want to say I am so grateful to be back. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. (laughs) Welcome to season four. This season we are talking all about the confidence of the Lord and it is going to be amazing amazing. You know you missed this time with me. Don't act like you didn't. (laughs) Today, we are going to get into our conversation. But before we do, I do want to invite those of you who may be new here or may have a little bit of extra time on your hands right now to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible to leave a rating and a review. I am incredibly grateful for DCN Jax, who said so many people believe when you're a Christian, Your message has to be solemn or deep without excitement. But this is a message that is entertaining and filled with life. Easy to listen to on a walk, drive, or just relaxing. Thank you for your creativity. And I just want to say thank you for your review. It just blesses my heart so incredibly much. Now, as we prepare to get into this conversation, I want to leave you with the thought from Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. If you have read the devotional, I have the opportunity to publish on you version, you know that this is a favorite of mine and it's one that should be a favorite of yours as well, because it just blesses my heart every time I read it. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need it to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Mm. Y'all, your confidence is going to be richly rewarded. So get your eyes off of everything that is making you anxious and nervous and have the confidence to look up. That is what we're going to be talking about today. So Without any extra time, let me tell you about my guest. Alexandra V. Hoover is a wife, mother of three, daughter, sought-out speaker, and writer. She's passionate about communicating the gospel's beauty and hope, whether through writing or speaking online or in person. Her words spur people on to hope, healing, and their mission. She has the privilege of serving on staff at Transformation Church, and she spends her days loving on her family, dancing with her kids, and living on mission right where God has her. 
You can connect with her at alexandravhoover.com or on social at alexandravhoover. Now, without any further ado, let's go on and get into this conversation. I am so grateful that you are here. Alexandra, how are you today? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be on your podcast this morning, to be with your family and your friends here in the space. I was just telling you a little bit earlier before we started recording, it's summertime for me and so my kids are home and I feel like I'm herding cats. So for the moms who have the children that are home over the summer, I hear you and I see you because <laughs> we're hurting the cats over the summer and we're, we're making it in Jesus name, literally. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I am praying for you <laughs> and all the mamas everywhere. I am a teacher by day. And so I have to be honest. I'm loving it right now. I'm living my best life right now. I am deflecting every question from every mom. It's like, when is school going to be back? Like, I have no idea. You're like, I don't know. One of our best friends is actually an educator. And um, she quite literally, too, is living her best life. And I have, like, I have a deep sense of thanks and gratitude for educators. So thank you. Because I honestly want to be like, thank you for your service. For real. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, it's a pleasure. It is such a joy. It's such a joy. I I was so excited to just get your new book, Eyes Up, into my hands and to open up the first couple of pages because anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time knows that I have been living in the pages of first and second Samuel for about four years now. And so to see that you started it off there, I was just so incredibly excited. And I have to tell you that reading your opening pages made me fall in love with the word even more because I feel as if he gives each and every one of us a piece through the revelations that he gives us. And so although I'd spent so long within these pages and I'm just uh, obsessed with first and second Samuel, I never really picked up the significance of the Ebenezer. So can you talk to everyone about why this message is so important and what the Ebenezer stone represents from the scriptures? Yeah. So I, I like you really became obsessed with first Samuel and second Samuel as well. I think that there is, once you begin to understand the overarching story of scripture, it just helps you know God more, see God more, experience scripture so much more. And so all that to say, I fell in love with first Samuel, fell in love with the story of Hannah, fell in love with how God brought Hannah in and through, gosh, tumultuous seasons that we all go through, through rejection and comparison and doubt having Samuel from that and then seeing Samuel be this, this, you know, conduit to God's goodness and mercy. And so for our friends who are listening, who are like, what is she talking about? And first Samuel, we find our friend Samuel and Samuel God is, is a man that God is using to bring forth a revival really to the Israelites through rescuing them from battle. And so they're in the, the Israelites are in the middle of a battle and God tells Samuel, this is, it's really important. God says, Samuel, You're going to rescue them, yes, but once you rescue them, I need you to put up a memorial, a reminder, an Ebenezer, which really means stone of help. And he says, I want you to do that so my people can remember. And when they look back, that not only was I there for them, but that this place of defeat has now become a place of victory. 
And it was absolutely incredible when I read that because it was almost as if God was saying, not only are they going to forget, but they're going to forget that I am their help in every season. And it's something that as believers, we know this, like we know this to be true, but we are a forgetful people. And so Samuel puts up a memorial and makes it, you know, a moment to where not only do they remember God's faithfulness now, but when they look back generations to come, they would look back at a place where there, where there was once defeat. And now it is called a place of victory. So good. So good. Y'all, y'all, we have been through some hard times, but regardless of how hard it has been, when you look back at a place that once was one of defeat, you will see victory there. That is a powerful message. And it's one that resonates so powerfully and is so significant for this specific season of our lives. So I'm grateful for your obedience. You know, you told us about different stones that we can set up in memory of what God has done for us and celebration of what God has done for us. And I know this may sound odd, but your insight on the gravestone was probably one of my favorite chapters in the entire book. I just wasn't even prepared, really, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I wanted to ask, can you talk a little bit about the significance of choosing to, you know, just look around and recognize God in those incredibly difficult places that feel dead at times? So I am obsessed with this idea, which I actually, I wish I wish I had a different message I was obsessed with. I was talking to one of my friends a few weeks ago. I'm like, sometimes I wish I was obsessed with like, I don't know, purpose, mission, as much as I am trying to reconcile suffering. And so this particular chapter, really the entire message of Eyes Up and this chapter is this, the presence of pain has never meant the absence of God. And this invitation to see God in our turmoil, not only to see him though, but to experience joy. And in this one season that I'm walking through right now, it is incredibly difficult to experience joy, but that doesn't mean that joy isn't here because joy's name is Jesus. And so in the gravestone, we talk all about the reality that although things may seem dead or gone, and Jesus is actually still here. And there's something that happens when we begin to walk by faith, by remembering that faith lives through and in all of the things that we've walked through because faith is God and God is with us. And that for me, man, I mean, I remember seasons and I talk about this in chapter six, which is the gravestone. I remember just thinking to myself, like, man, I'm, I'm not going to make it out of this. Like, I'm not going to make it out of this. I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to have a faith. And quite literally, I remember actually quite often giving my faith over to God and being like, this isn't real. You're not real. This isn't good. But man, God does meet us right where we are. And in this particular chapter, I even talk a little bit about the fact that my husband and I were at a season where I just did not think we were going to make it through. For the friends who are listening, I'd love for you to go read it. I don't want to give it all away. But truly, I was at the end of my rope, so to speak, again. Like I did it, I was at the end one more time. And at this particular end, though, I thought was going to take me out. And so learning to see God and experience God and looking back, what he did in that particular season has been one of the greatest gifts. Mm. 
So powerful, so powerful. Joy's name is Jesus. Did y'all get that? Did y'all get that? You wrote, <laughs> but a crisis of faith does not mean a faith forever lost. That really, really, really stuck out to me. I am, you know, walking through a weird season myself, yeah. but I have to share with you that this was so powerful because I'm actually grieving what feels as if a loss of faith in a friend's life. And so this just, really, really blessed my life because it just reminded me to hold on for them and just, you know, continue, continue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the next chapter, in the stone of surrender, you talked about how rejection is really divine redirection. So all that, such a sticky statement. (laughs) I love it. And so, you know, I wanted to know for the women who are listening in, can you help us just recognize how we might find the confidence to move forward after rejection? Our conversation will be back in just a moment. But for now, I'd like to invite you to take the Confidence Collaborations Quiz. The first step to walking freely in your calling and engaging in collaboration is to understand how your confidence connects to it. I want to know, are you the queen, the creative, or the conqueror? You can find all the details to this free two-minute quiz at livedooly.com slash quiz. Now, let's get back into our conversation. Girl, rejection has been one of my life themes. I am, I will probably at some point write a book completely just on rejection, but for now it's just a chapter. And (laughs) this particular chapter was one of the most difficult to write because it hit home again so deeply. Here's the thing. I think that rejection is not really the issue that we're dealing with. The issue that we're really dealing with here is a sense of self-worth and an identity crisis. I mean, I, I've, I've thought about this idea of rejection for a really long time and learning to see God in the midst of it. And here's why I think that rejection is not what we're fighting. Whenever there is a closed door, whenever God quote unquote says, no, whenever people say no, what we base that off of, or what we, what we equate that to, I should say is our value. And so Every time I I used to hear no, or it's not your time, or I felt like God maybe wasn't answering a prayer, I would say, man, well, why not? What does that, what does that say about me, my character, my identity? And I would attach my rejection, my identity to my rejection. And so God had to begin stripping away my, this idea that what I have, my performance, what I receive is actually what dictates or gives me my identity and my self-worth. And once he began to do that, once I began to understand that no matter what, no, no matter what closed door, no matter what rejection came my way, God had already given me an abundance of, of, of not only, this is so important, of not only his identity in and through me, but he has given me every good thing in him. And that, that was so difficult for me to understand because we equate that to people, places, and things. That's not the case. Every good thing in Christ Jesus is joy, compassion, love, mercy. And the more that I began to understand that 
like I said in the book, every redirection honestly is really holy. I began to see God in the, in, you know, in the fingerprints of my entire life because he uses every moment to make us more like him. And I know it doesn't sound like the American dream or fluffy or pretty, but God for the closed doors where I not only become more like him, but where he saves and rescues me from God knows what, even if we think it's good, even if we think it may be for us, it may not always be God. And so I have had to learn that, painfully learn that, and not attach my worth and my identity to the no, because that's why rejection hits so hard, man. It hits hard because we feel like it's a direct attack on our integrity, on our identity, on our worth, on our value. And the more that I've allowed those things to fall off of me, the more that I cling to Jesus, there's a confidence, a Godfidence that that rises up in us where I don't have to live for love. I get to live from love. I don't have to live for the acceptance of people. I get to live from my acceptance in Christ. And that is where true confidence come from, comes from. Like not what we wear, how we look, our makeup, our status, the things, stuff doesn't matter because even the most wealthy and successful people still lack confidence. And confidence is not what we think. Confidence is security in Christ every single time. It's the word. <laughs> it's the word. Yes. My goodness, my goodness, for anyone, for anyone that may just feel like they need an extra boost, press rewind, go back and replay that as often as you need. That was beautiful. Oh my goodness. He is the giver of every good and perfect thing. He is. He is. He is. Oh. You know, you spoke about how you're walking through a hard season and yeah. we are praying for you in that. Yeah. And so we recognize that, you know, that gravestone is an important space right now. But I wanted to ask, are there any other memorable stones that really stand out to you in this season that you wanted to share about? Yeah, the grieving stone and the grieving stone. So my my brother actually passed away about a month and a half ago almost. And uh, having to launch this book into the world in the same breath of losing my brother has been absolutely devastating and one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. I obviously didn't foresee this being how God ruled this out. And I actually remember talking to a friend before the book launched, like, man, I am so afraid that God will allow something horrific to happen surrounding this message. And I have this weird relationship with the will of God, which I write about in the book. I took a stab at writing about the sovereignty and the will of God to make it digestible for us common folk who are not academics, who just need to understand what on earth it actually means, the foreknowledge of God, the will of God, because I think it matters. I think all of us are asking the same questions. Why God? Where are you? Help me understand. And so in this season, I, I don't think I'm shaking my fist at God asking, where are you? I'm, I'm fully aware of where he is. However, it's not taken away the discomfort and the suffering. It just hasn't. And so one of the things that I have loved about even writing Eyes Up is that I never promised any of the readers or myself an answer to the suffering, because I could say that it's a fallen world and there's sin, that my brother dying is a part of the fallen world and that there is sin. But more importantly for me, it's been about recognizing that God has been there all along and it really doesn't change the way that I see him, but it doesn't take away the suffering either. Do you know what I mean? So it's a both and it's I, and that right now for me is what's going on. Although I am sad and I'm grieving, I do have a hope that I, that I'm catching like glimpses of. And that is a lot of what chapter five is. And if you're going through a difficult season, 
chapter five is one of the chapters that I think will help you most. And then chapter nine of the book is one of my favorites too, because I get to talk about mission and purpose. I think our generation of women is obsessed with the idea of finding their calling. And I I just want to reframe it for us and give us clarity around what that actually means. Because I think a lot of us are spending most of our days searching for something and we really already have it. It's just, what is the assignment? And so I use language like assignment instead of calling and reshaping what it looks like, because we all have different assignments, friend. And assignments look different out throughout scripture there was one one purpose several different assignments rubbed into that and so if you're listening today you're lacking confidence in your assignment in your purpose uh, you know just start with where you are right under your two feet is holy ground like you have a purpose right under your feet and that is your assignment right now even if you don't want it like that's where god needs you and uh, there's this very me-centered self-centered view of of that even a lot of the uh, Christian church has become obsessed with for generations now of what am I going to get out of this? And what does God want for me? And y'all, God just really wants to use us where we are and, and not just use us, but he wants to transform us so we can be on mission for him. And so that for me, I think has been two of the biggest staples in this season from the book eyes up that I just wrote. Right under your two feet is holy ground. Is this <laughs> right under your two feet is holy ground. That's right. That's right. That's powerful. I wanted to ask if I could kind of do some quick questions. We'd sure. like to know a few secrets about you. It's the of best course. Yes. <laughs> the first question is what do you surround yourself with to remind you to slow down? You know, our culture just moves at breakneck pace yeah. right now. What do I surround myself to slow myself down? You know, I, I feel like a lot of what I've been doing to safeguard my soul and my mind is, is I, I establish rhythms. I think for me, it's less about surrounding and more so about what rhythms have I created. I was actually just talking to my husband last night about cooking. I don't like to cook. I'm not like the woman who wakes up and is like Betty Crockering in her kitchen. I'm just not going, I've never been that way. However, cooking is really a spiritual rhythm that forces me to slow down and it does something in my home for my children. It really does. And the, the more that I see this happen with them, the more that I feel led to, to take time to just create with my hands. And so for me, it has a lot to do with my hands. What am I doing? I, years ago, I started gardening. I, I, I'm not like a garden garden girl, but I knew it was good for me to be able to do that. And so creating these rhythms has been really helpful to help me slow down and create just, I, I like to call it, the we have a thermostat, a spiritual thermostat, and we get to set the temperature for it. And so slowing down by doing these things with my hands, whatever it may be, helps reset the temperature in my home and in my heart. Mm. That is beautiful. And it may also share why I don't always like to cook. Next question is, is there a podcast that you're currently listening to that you would recommend? You know, I'm not listening to podcasts right now. I'm not doing much of anything except for reading. I'm reading a new Anne Lamott book, which she just came out with a book. It's called Night, Dawn and Dust. I think night, dusk, dawn. And I love to read her writing. She's just an incredible author. And uh, yeah, I'm not, no podcast right now. I think coming out of the book, I've kind of, I don't even watch TV that much. I've, I've tried to 
to lay low in the midst of all the things that we're walking through. So that one book, and then I'm listening to a lot of music uh, and trying to to do that. I'm Latina. So I'm listening to Bad Bunny's new album. I am and I'm not, and I'm not embarrassed. I will say it anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. I am. If that's not your thing, then don't play it. But that right now is what we're listening to in the Hoover house. <laughs> you know, my last question is what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? Oh man. I think I'm looking forward to finding joy again that's really it. I'm not, I mean, there's not much, I I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a Bible study for Lifeway and, and God is almost forcing me because I, I don't think if I were writing this study kind of where it's landed in my life that I would have been, do, I would have been, I don't want to write right now in the midst of all the grief that I'm going through, but I do see that there is something that God's doing as far as joy and finding joy again. So that's what I'm excited about. Beautiful, beautiful. Where can everybody find your book, Eyes Up, How to Trust God by Tracing His Hand? Yeah, so you can find me on alexandravhoover.com on my website. Instagram is alexandravhoover. Twitter and Facebook are different because somebody already has Alexandra Hoover. I don't know who it is. If you're here, I've said this like 80 (laughs) times the last few months. Just give us the domain and the name, girl, please. We will pay you. But it's Alex Hoover on Twitter and Alex Hoover on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Would you be willing to pray out for everyone? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love nothing more. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this time. God, as we come together in a moment where it's wild that your daughters are going to hear this at different moments. And I think it's beautiful that you are outside of time, that you take messages and words like this and you move through time and space to meet us right where we are. And so we just give thanks for this space, for this message, for for the way that you're calling us up to see you, to have confidence in who you've called us to be, to to have confidence in who you are first so that we can then have confidence in ourselves. God, I pray that the women who hear this, Lord, be sent off with with fresh faith, with new vision for their lives, to live with you, through you, God, as they are reminded of your goodness and that you are here, that you are for them, and that you are good. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. (sighs) That just blessed my soul. And I pray that you can say the same after this conversation. If that's the case, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts or Audible and leave a rating and review? It would truly support this podcast and let the guests know that you value their time. I know I do. Now, in between our time here on the podcast, I do want to let you know that I am at Candid Live on Instagram and at Live Duly on YouTube. It would be an honor to do life with you. I look forward to the next time. Love you. Love you.